Hello friends, Dr. Joseph coming to you and excited to be in day 37 with you as we're going to be reading Psalm 37. And I'm excited about this. And so uh, we're just going to uh, dive in here. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And I'm going to go ahead and just stay say here on the very beginning as I'm reading this, I'm going to break this down a little bit because it's a longer psalm. Is that I want to just give you just some focus here as we're going along. And so this first section that we're going to hear uh, in, in verses one through uh, one through nine is the the commands. You're going to hear these commands. It, and so this is actually considered a wisdom psalm by David. And so listen to this. You're going to hear commands. You're going to hear promises. And then you're going to hear as well this call for us, this call for us of how we are to live in the midst of understanding the commands and promises of God. And, and so uh, let's look here at verse 1, the, the command that's coming through here. It says, Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong, for like the grass they will soon wither, like green plant, green plants they will soon die away. Here, here's the command. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, this is a command that we have to focus in when we hear this. Verse eight, or verse five, sorry. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So in, in just those first nine verses, you have 16 commands that are given. Now listen to the promises that are given Verse beginning verse 10. A little while. And the wicked will be no more, promise. Though you look for them, they will not be found. Verse 11, but the meek will inherit the land, promise, and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them, but the Lord laughs at their wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring, uh, bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright, but the sword will, peace, will pierce their own hearts. And their bows will be broken, promise. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, promise. But the Lord upholds the righteous. The day of the blameless are known to the Lord. And their inheritance will endure forever, promise. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty, promise. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish, vanish like smoke, promise. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, promise. But those he curses will be cut off. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes him steps firm, his steps firm, promise. Though he stumble, he will not fall, promise. For the Lord upholds him, with his hand. There it is, promises. 16 promises again. So just as we had 16 commands, we have 16 promises that are given here. And now finally here, this call. And this call 
that we're going to hear in these verses kind of goes throughout the whole uh, passage here. It's the wait. How do we wait upon the Lord? Well, listen to what it says in verse 25 as we're reading through. I was young and now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They were they are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just, and he will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom. And his tongue speaks what is just. The law of his God is in his lips and is in his heart. His feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives. But the Lord will not leave them in in their power or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil, but he soon passes away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. What are we called to to wait for? Why are we called to wait? Well, as it says in in verse 25, the righteous will never be forsaken. So uh, if I'm following the Lord as a child of God, I know that I have a father in heaven that does not forsake me. He does not forget about me. He knows exactly where I am. Why else do we wait upon the Lord? Even whenever our times when it feels like God is just not moving, he's not active in this moment, in this situation, why else do we wait? Because children, he promises his children will be blessed. He promises that he's watching over his children. In verse 28, we wait upon the Lord because he's not going to forsake his faithful ones. They're, they're protected forever. Verse 29, he talks about how they're going to inherit the land forever. Therefore, I can wait upon the Lord. I can keep his way. Even whenever it's difficult, I can follow him. Verse 37, but why, why do I want to keep on waiting for the Lord? I think this gives us a great picture, verse 37, because the future, there's a future for the man of peace. To live in the peace of God means that I'm willing to live in the waiting of God. Let me say that again. To live in the peace of God means that I'm willing to live in the waiting of God. Why? Because my salvation comes from the Lord. He is my stronghold. Verse 40, he delivers. And I can take refuge in him. So I think whenever we see all these things together, there's the commands of God. And the reason that God gives us commands is for how we are to live our lives honoring him. But I I live that life in understanding the promises of God, 
how God is working all these things out for good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And even in those moments whenever I can't see and I'm building in my faith, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in the Lord in this waiting time, this call to, to wait. I know that I can wait because of the salvation that's already been provided in the Lord. I'm waiting in the midst of knowing that God has his hand on me. I will never be forsaken by the Lord. What a great promise that that is for us today. Friend, I I pray that you're living in the promises of God. I pray that you're living out the commands of God. And in the moments that you're facing today, whenever it feels like maybe you're waiting on something, you're waiting on God. Friend, don't miss out that this is the prime time to experience the peace of God in the midst of that waiting for the Lord. Guys, thank you again for tuning in and for digging into God's word with us. And we look forward to the next time that we can come together and and be in his word and uh, as we're continuing on through the podcast. God bless you guys and talk to you soon. Thank you.